Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. I want us to see something interesting. The Bible says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it he being dead still speaks. Wait, I, I, I have seen that. Give it from the King James. Look at that. It says, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Can you imagine? He actually obtained something by faith. It doesn't say it was given to him. It said he obtained it. And even, <laughs> think about this. Sorry, hold on. I think my phone is ringing. Sounds a bit important. Can I get it? Thank you. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm fine. Maybe Ah. I'm preaching, so but don't worry. They will understand me for a while. Since you know we're in a modern society, you can walk out and answer your phone anytime. They do that a lot, so I might as well answer while preaching. What's up? I was at a wedding, then a training session, then I visited the hospital, then a wedding again. I'm telling you, the season we're in, almost every Saturday I've got a wedding. Is there anything important you wanted to talk about? Is there anything important you wanted to talk about? Episode of Casey Undercover, I know you like it. Yeah, Casey Undercover, I'm, I'm waiting for episode 80 to air. They haven't aired it yet, so I've, I've decided not to be watching for now. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. let me get back to preaching. Yeah, let me just get back to preaching. I'll, I'll, I'll call you back later. Okay, bye. I think I'll put my phone on silent now. Okay, where were we? Um, some of you are wondering what on earth is going on, eh? Um, don't I have the right to do what a number of you do? I've seen people walking out when I'm preaching and by the door. At Bwanji. I would understand if it's a doctor on call, but I've seen that. And sometimes I walk about, the moment I'm walking, someone is busy switching from WhatsApp. So I just thought we might as well live in a fair world. Don't you think so? So the point I was on is I had a dream this morning. And in the dream, I was standing before the congregation and I was explaining this scripture. 
and I had reached the part where I was talking about how you can obtain things by faith. When I was about to get into the zone, someone came and distracted me because they hadn't put my mic well. So people couldn't hear me. So they had to start doing my mic while I was standing. I was about to get into the zone again. Then someone remembered that they had left their soccer ball in the yard of the neighbor, so they had to go get it. Just when I was about to get in the zone again, there was something else someone else had to do. I was about to get in the zone again, somebody had to answer a call. And I remember in the dream, I said, you're too distracted. That's why the Lord is not speaking further. Now, what's interesting is I've never taught on this scripture. Neither have I seen it the way I saw it in the dream. But I wasn't able to get the full revelation of it. Because we were distracted. And so today, I'm diverted from my series. Because the Lord gave me a word for you this morning. And my word is entitled Pay Attention. Pay Attention. Concerning Hebrews 11 verse 4, we'll not go further. I'm sure when we start paying more attention, the Lord will give us revelation on Hebrews 11 verse 4. So today, we are talking about, we're talking about that. We're, we're, we're going to be talking about the Word of God. We're going to be analyzing our attitudes towards the Word of God. Interesting enough, and I'll say this, a number of people who sometimes stop growing are leaders and people who are serving. Because there's a certain level of honor that stops being given to the word. I would advise you to check yourself. Then there are a number of us who've just gotten saved. Some of us are about to get saved today. Some of us are new to the faith. I would advise you to take this seriously. Because usually the way you start off in the faith, usually people don't change much unless, unless they decide to. But you notice a lot of people who are powerful in the faith. There's a way they were taught when they just got born again. After today's teaching, I'll be shocked if anyone ever walks out when I'm preaching. I'll be shocked if anyone ever has to go answer a phone call. And just all these things that distract you. Can you imagine a person can miss a phone call because of an exam? They can say, I was in an exam room for three hours, so I didn't have access to my phone. But in church, it's okay. Are you serious? After today, if your attitude towards the word of God doesn't change, then that which is troubling you needs an overnight.
I know sometimes you've seen me react very strongly towards certain things. I think there was a day I reacted. Eh? Was it a midweek service? When I was about to give a prophetic word and the phone rang this side. Whether you are, don't worry, I don't know you. I made sure I didn't look. I didn't want to have, a, I didn't want to have an opinion about your life. So, <laughs> I remember I was looking this side and it rang. I was angry. I was very angry. Someone would say, what if it happened by accident? What would happen to you if it happened by accident in an exam room? It rings by mistake. Your exam paper dies by correction. Somebody say glory. There are some of us, God is trying to speak to us, even just in our own private moments of prayer. But we are always distracted. We've not learned to put some of these things away. We are so distracted by so many things. Distracted, distracted, and distracted. So let's, 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 let's see what we can do today. There's someone in this place. I'm not sure if you should see me. Don't come out right now. The Lord wants to help you with something. But if you want, you should come see me privately. And I will tell you. But you are currently owing 2,700 kwacha. Exactly that amount. Not close to it. Not part of it. I'm not sure whether you're owing a person. I'm not sure whether you're owing an institution. But the exact amount you're owing is 2,700 kwacha. You are part of the dream. Come see me. But... Nevertheless, as much as the Lord is helping you handle that because it's bothering you, as much as the Lord is helping you handle that, you the same person who's listening to me, this is your message. As much as it's everyone's message, this is your message. I'll say it again. As much as it's everyone's message, this is your message. You've been too distracted. Okay. Can we can we begin? Do I have your attention? Yeah. Let's begin before somebody starts thinking about KC undercover. Luke chapter number 10, verse 39 to 42, but we're going to start from somewhere, verse 37. Luke chapter number 10. Let's go to verse 38. 
This is talking about Jesus. The Bible says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Let's end there. First, go back. I want you to read it after me. Sorry, read it with me. And as you read it, where there is Mary, I want you to put your name. One, two, three, go. I'm not hearing your names. Can you do it one more time? One more time. One more time and do it six in. The Bible is very deliberate, especially books like Luke. Luke was the kind of person who the aim of him writing his book is he was trying to give a very clear explanation. And on purpose, he mentions that Mary sat at his feet and heard the word. Somebody say, she heard the word. Martha, on the other hand, welcomed him. On purpose, the Bible doesn't tell us about her hearing the word. But we are told that she welcomed him. There are many of us who've welcomed Jesus. We love him. We think he's so incredible. But are we in his word? Are we hearing his word? Do we make time to sit at his feet and hear his word? I want us to read verse 40. Read it together. One, two, three, go. Read it one more time until it sinks in. Next verse. Read it together. One more time. Go to John chapter 11. 
How many of you know that Martha and Mary had a brother named Lazarus? How many of you remember the death of Lazarus? I want us to see something. John chapter 11, and I want us to read from verse 20. Let's start from verse 17. Is somebody being blessed so far? Is somebody following? John 11. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Uh-huh. Now when Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, uh-huh, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Who do we see here again? Come on, who do we see? Uh-huh, let's go on. Now Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Uh-huh. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh-huh. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. That's a lot of faith so far, eh? Is even now, I know whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Let's go on. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Uh-huh. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Come on. Now you have been double-minded, Martha. You've said even now, whatever you ask of God, he'll give you. Now you are explaining to Jesus, you are lecturing him. And you are informing him that this will actually only happen on the last day. Let's go on. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Then the next verse, I love it. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Uh-huh. Let's go. You can preach a sermon on this, eh? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Let's just keep going. And when she said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and he's calling for you. It's interesting that Martha went for Jesus, but Jesus called for Mary. Let's go. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Uh-huh. And now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up, quickly went out and followed her, saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. Uh-huh. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Uh-huh. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I, I don't know if somebody is seeing a difference here. Next verse. And he said, where have you laid him? There was no debate they were not having an argument. There was no lecturing Jesus and this is how you do things. He just saw her weeping and he was groaned in the spirit. He was moved. And he says, where have you laid him? And they say to him, Lord, come and see. Look at what... 
This is what a person filled with the word can do with Jesus. Look at the next verse. He wept. I find it interesting that Mary seemed to get a certain reaction from Jesus that Martha didn't seem to get. Now we know the Lord is not a respecter of persons. So we know it had nothing to do with who smiles more. We know it had nothing to do with who had, I, I don't know, a better CV. But it had everything to do with Hebrews 11. Give me Hebrews 11. You see, we're back there. Hebrews 11, come on, this is a memory verse. Uh-huh. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh-huh. Let's go on. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Just be going. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were made of things which are invisible. I'm telling you, you can create things which are seen by things which are not seen. But let's move to verse 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible. It doesn't say without faith you might not. It literally says it is impossible to please him. Listen, it's, it's, it's possible for the righteous to feel grieved. It's possible for the righteous to cry out. It's possible for them to feel aggrieved, yes. But there is a difference between a person of faith and a person who is not of faith. And I will tell you something. God has shown us that the biblical language of communicating with God is not even tears, it's faith. Without faith, you can't move him. Somebody say faith. There is a reason why when he wanted to talk to the Gentiles, there is a reason why he was moved by a man named Cornelius. There was a way Cornelius expressed his faith. Let's go back to Luke chapter 10, verse 39 to 42. You can explain to your neighbor what you've learned so far as I give people one minute. One minute. I'd rather people sit on the floor and hear the word of God. Because there are some people who've not heard the first ten. No, 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 no need to look back. I've just said one minute. Explain to your neighbor what you've learned so far. Let's go back to Luke chapter 10 from verse 39. For those who have just entered because you are serving, the moment this is done, go and listen to what I said. You can find one of you is the one for the two serving. Luke 10 verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Somebody say, heard his word. So it doesn't shock you that Mary was able to move Jesus to a degree that Martha was not able to move him. Because the language of God is the language of faith. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, it keeps talking about people who did things by faith. 
And so the language of God is the language of faith. And what's faith? Faith is, we are shown it's the assurance of things hoped for. Evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith is a revelation of God's word. It's a response to a revelation of God's word. That's where we see faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're not going to hear the word of God, how will your faith grow? Somebody say glory to God. Now verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. It's very possible to be distracted with a good thing. Distracted with much serving. There are some people who There are some people who are so distracted in a meeting because when the word of God is about to come out, they feel, oh my, the pastor is looking good today. Let me take a photo. Don't worry, we'll post photos for you afterwards. You can download them as much as you want to and probably the quality will be better than the one on your phone. Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. That's why we tell people, don't try to do things like taking videos and all those things. We, they're on Facebook. High quality. We bought you a camera. Don't worry about that. Don't get distracted with all sorts of things. There are others who are distracted from the praise and worship because maybe the sister who's leading is looking very fair that day. And they just keep looking and they're just singing, <laughs> And before they know it, they've even made a mistake. Pointing at the sister. <laughs> I'm telling you, just too distracted. If you know the sister is overdoing it, close your eyes, get lie prostrate. Look at the floor. Hallelujah. <laughs> And just say, Lord, I shall not be distracted today. I shall not be distracted. I'm here to worship you. Come on. It says, she was distracted with much serving. There are people who are distracted with much school. Now, somebody would say, pastor, school is important. It is. It's not more important than God. Let's settle that fact. There is no way your prayer life can go down because of exams. Why weren't you preparing all those months? Clearly, so you never knew you'd have exams. The ones who shock me are those in university. You even know you write exams every six months. It's not a shock. The calendar is released a year before. You are always in an exam year. <laughs> there are some people here, you could be in high school, maybe in grade 12. And they're saying, I'll be serious with God soon. Right now in my exam year. A time will come, you'll always be in an exam year. Always. I'm telling you, it never stops. Four continuous years. Sometimes two semesters. Sometimes three terms. You are in an exam year every year. And every exam is vital. So if you don't learn to serve God now, when will you? Some of you don't know. Ask some of your friends who are working in the corporate world. It's easier when you're in school. You've got a lot more free time. I'm telling you, you've got more free time than you think. Majority of people spend three, four hours of their day just escorting people. <laughs> Anyone who says, I'm going this side, dear, I'm going this side, let's go. Escort me there, escort me there. Watch one or two movies. Before you know it, it's 23. 
and you're panicking and you start drinking Red Bull and saying you'll break the night. I actually believe you can have a successful university life without ever breaking a night. Hallelujah. Come on. But they are too distracted. Too distracted. Do you know when you're in the corporate world, it's more difficult because you've got a defined program and supervisors that watch you. You have to be there at 7.30. You have to knock off at 17. Some people knock off at 19. I'm telling you, if you can't learn to serve God while you're a student, you think you'll manage when you're a doctor. Some of you who are doing medicine and you're struggling to serve God now, you think you'll manage when you're on rotation. Do you think you're going to manage when you're on call? Hallelujah. I praise God for the time there was a period in my life, I think when I was in my third or fourth year, when I had a lot to do at the same time. I had people I needed to preach to. That was the first time I also traveled out of the country to minister and had exams in a month. That period taught me to study, pray, and preach the word all in the same day. I remember we had, a, how many days were we in South, you, you came with me to South Africa, right? We had about three days in South, three, four days in South Africa. And every day I was waking up to study because I knew I had exams. Now what that did is that it built in me an ability to withstand pressure. Like I can withstand pressure any day. I can, I can have five, five deadlines to meet in a day and still have my personal devotion with God. So if you're in a season where there's a lot of pressure, God is training you for bigger things to come. I mean, if you can't handle small things, how much more bigger things? So it says, Martha was distracted with much serving. Now, there's nothing wrong with serving, but there's a problem when your service to God distracts you from the very thing God wants you to have. I mean, come on. You teach Sunday school. So because you teach Sunday school, there are sometimes you're not in on Sunday. And I think we've done the program in such a way that you can't be the one teaching every week. I once knew somebody who was so good at teaching Sunday school. So good at teaching Sunday school. And you know what they did? They were always with the Sunday school. You know what ended up happening? They didn't grow up spiritually. They didn't grow. When the tests of life came, hey, the things they ended up doing, their character never grew because they never fellowshiped with fellow believers. They only fellowshiped with kids. And they never got to have the word of God in their system. I knew someone who was very good at teaching teenagers. Before we knew it, the person had run away with somebody's husband. What am I trying to say? You can be so good at serving, but distracted from the very thing God wants you to have. So here you are, you're teaching Sunday school. After service, you should be the first one on the podcast channel. You should be the first one listening to everything that was said. Here you are, maybe today you had to do some work with security. Don't let that take you away from the word of God. That's why the Bible says, return to the works you did before. There are some, when you first came, you used to write notes. You are so excited about writing notes, about writing about the word. You don't even want to have a notepad anymore. How are you going to remember all this stuff that I'm saying? How are you going to write down if God gives you an inspired idea as I'm teaching Hallelujah. And I prefer notepads to gadgets because people are not so disciplined with their gadgets. But you, you can't tell me all these wonderful stuff can be taught and you've not written down somewhere. Because there are times when 
when, when the word of God is coming like this, you see it's living and active. So you find as it's coming, it's been divided. This one is receiving their portion. This one is here. I, I'm busy saying don't be distracted. That don't be distracted is coming out to someone has started a business. It's coming out to another person as this is the way you solve this. This is the way you solve this. It's not possible to always remember. That's why the, if, if, it was, if, it was like, if it was like that, the Bible wouldn't have said write their vision down. Write the revelation down. So that he who runs will run with it. No, no, no. There is no way you can honor a lecture by having a book dedicated to those lectures. But you cannot honor the word of God by having a book dedicated to the teachings of the word. Next week, I better see something different. Hallelujah. I better. It's something I do. Let me, let me see if I can go to my notes. I write either in my book, there's a diary that one of you got me. Um, especially, uh, no, there are two. I think I got two this year. Especially the... The one I use a lot, the Barclays one. I don't really remember who got it. Whoever you are, say amen. So, right now, I'm looking through my notepads. And I can tell you, notepads, I'm on 8th May. 8th May, I was, in a, I, was, I was in Kenya. Someone was preaching, and the Lord began to speak to me. And I wrote down, priests, a nation of priests and I began to write down a few thoughts and this is what birthed that sermon on the tabernacle I'm looking at a few more 25th May Bishop Banda came to our house and he preached on the power of a praying church and his maiden text was Numbers 11, verse 11. He taught us what petitions are. He taught us what supplications are. Let me see if I can find another one. During the Dominion Conference, Pastor George Zulu said, If you won't be vocal, you will remain local. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can tell you many more. Many, many more. I'm just looking through. I've got a question. What about you? Ask your neighbor, what about you? Somebody say glory. So, people are too distracted. distracted hallelujah I should be seeing notepads all everywhere instrumentalists media everywhere protocol notepads that's why when I'm preaching sit just sit in front and be taking notes you might be too distracted if you invite somebody to church for the first time buy them a gift called a notepad you're building a culture in them that we are people who write down and we remember what we write down. Can somebody say glory to God? 
I've not even gone far. Now let me, let me go. So now, Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. In short, she was saying, tell her to stop hearing the word of God and come and help me. Next verse. Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So meaning that was just a manifestation of something else. She was worried and troubled about many things. It was just a manifestation of something else. Sometimes when a person is not necessarily experiencing certain things, they want other people to not experience it with them. He said, you are worried and troubled about many things. Uh huh. But one thing is needed. No matter what position you are in in life, you may be in a place right now where things seem to, so dark. Where you don't know where to go. I, I, I tell you the word of God is a lamp unto your feet. You may be in a place right now where you are struggling with sin. I tell you, the scripture says, how can, a, how can a young man keep his way straight? By living according to your word. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. You may be in a place where you need answered prayer. The Bible says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you want and you receive it. So he says, one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Ask your neighbor, are you worded up? So let's look at let's look at something. Matthew 13. You may be in a position right now where maybe you've experienced unfortunate situations. Maybe human beings have done some things to you. Maybe you're in a fix. I'm here to tell you the solution is all in the word of God. You need the word of God. Let's look at Matthew 13. Let's look at what Jesus says about the word. Verse 3. I'm sure for some this is taking you back to take heed what you hear. Matthew 13 verse 3. Great multitudes were gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood ashore. I learned something at... Yesterday we were having uh, a training. There was a leader's training. Uh, the International School of Ministry with Pastor Chris. And uh, I went to the viewing center. One of the viewing centers was Gospel Envoy's Church. So one of the people was teaching about one of the people, one of the, the esteemed pastors was teaching concerning certain things. And do you know that it's interesting that if you are, if you want a lot of people to hear you, if you go to the sea and you stand at a certain place, there is a way the wind blows ashore such that if you speak, more people can hear you at the same time. Have you noticed Jesus was very strategic with where he would stand when he would be preaching? That shows you that Jesus used the technology of his day to get the word of God to more people. That, that just blessed me. That just blessed me. I would never have thought of that. Or maybe I would have thought of it way later. So, he spoke many things to them in parables saying, and this scripture, ah, arts, we need something very creative on this scripture. It blesses me. Look, look at what it says. Behold, a sower went to sow. I don't know how many of you know that right now I'm sowing. 
I'm sowing. So it says, a sower went to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Uh-huh. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no roots, they withered away. Uh-huh. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. Uh -huh. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Verse 18. You know what I love about this portion of scripture? No one can debate on it. This portion of scripture has got nothing to do with no, I feel the revelation is this. Jesus actually explained it himself. And this is the explanation. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. Uh-huh. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, are you hearing the word of the kingdom? Hallelujah. Have you positioned yourself to hear the word of the kingdom? You know one thing that... Um, one thing that my pastor advised me, he said, the reason why, he said, record your teachings. Record them. Because people need something to listen to during the week. They listen to you on Sunday. What are they listening to during the week? If you've got good books, that if you've written books, tell them to buy. If there are other books by great men of God that you endorse, let them buy. Because they need something they, they're hearing the whole week. What do you hear the whole week? Let's go on. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. I'll tell you this. This scripture, when I read it, it felt very unfair. Look at it. It says, if anyone hears the word and doesn't understand it, that shows you that it's your responsibility to understand the word. It's your responsibility. It's like saying, if anyone is fed food and doesn't digest and eat it, it's your responsibility to swallow. That's why you have to go back to the notes. That's why you have to study to show yourself approved, not to men, but to God. It's your responsibility to, have, to put mechanisms in place where you're getting the word of God in your system. No, there's no way you can have a smartphone and you don't have a Bible. But you've got Candy Crush. Hallelujah. And you expect to get the same results as somebody who studied the word. Come on, let's be serious. And it says the wicked one comes and literally snatches it away. How will he come and snatch it away? He will just come with a contrary thought. He'll just send some minister from, I don't know, he'll just send some foreign affairs leader from some country to just come and say, eh. You people, even your very Bible, hey, this is... How do you, you don't understand the way they're trying to please the Muzungu? Are you kidding me? No root. No easily moved any wind of doctrine. Any wind of doctrine. Like... <laughs> any, anything anyone says, it goes. Anything anyone says, it goes. Anything. The moment, no, 
what you don't know is that somewhere in this and this village your name is on an altar and the only way you can destroy it is by raising another altar so now raise another altar by giving me this money you believe nothing word of God about that nothing no let's be honest as in not even a slight part of a word of God about that anything goes blown away by anything okay let me not go there I was going to go further let's go on no some of this will go on with the next couple of weeks so that series I'll continue it when the Lord permits he had to move me to this maybe there are some things I was going to say in it which we're not ready for Uh uh-huh he who received the seed on stony places this is he who hears the word and immediately shouts glory pastor that's my word that's my word then this is what happens next yet has no root in himself but endures only for a while for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately he stumbles I don't know if you're getting my point. He has the word in here. Pastor, that's my word. I'm forever joyful. I walk in joy forevermore. Walks out of church, hits their foot on a stone. God just doesn't love me. How can I be joyful when I've hit my foot? Come on. Where are your roots? And it's in such meetings where roots are established. If you want people to have roots, you have to teach them. So don't worry. I'm not worried about you. I would only be worried if you are not listening to what I'm saying right now. As I'm speaking, this thing is life to you. I don't know if you're getting my point. This thing is it's solidifying in you. Your faith is fortified in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You may have made mistakes like Peter, but you are being fortified. Whenever the, word, the Lord brings a word like this, you must always think of the way he thinks and his heart. What's his heart towards you? His heart towards you is, I want them to grow. I want them to grow. If anyone has fallen, his heart towards them is, I want them restored. I want them restored. Even Jesus told Peter, saying, I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And after you are strengthened, strengthen your brethren. That's God's heart to you. Let's go on. Now, he who received on the word on the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word until he becomes unfruitful. Can you imagine somebody can have the word and is being unfruitful because of the cares of the world? The word of God has come to them. And the word has come that, you know, every man needs to hear this gospel. And they know they are supposed to preach this gospel. And then they become unfruitful because how would it look? How will people see me? People are saying, if you don't do this, then this. What will I do? Everyone is doing this. Everyone is going like this. The cares of this world can choke you and make you unfruitful. At all costs, I need to have a man. No, at all costs, even the gentlemen, I need to... At all costs, not at all costs. Not at all costs. I need to keep him. If he leaves me, who will love me? 
I know pastor has been talking about, hey, stay away from these things. He just doesn't understand. He's never been in my position. The cares of this world can choke you and make you unfruitful. Uh-huh. But he who received seed on the good ground. Ah, I thought somebody would say that's my word. Wait, I thought somebody would say, the one the pastor is talking about now. This is my cue. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> yeah. Let's try it again. But he who received the seed on the good ground. No, 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 no. I thought somebody would turn and say, you know, the pastor is now talking about me. I don't know what's wrong with pastors of nowadays. They like preaching about people on the pulpit. Can you imagine he's preaching about me right now? I said, he who received seed on the good ground. This is he who hears the word and understands it. Listen, even in a worldly lecture, there are things that you do to understand what you're being taught. And he says, this is he who hears the word and understands it. And who indeed bears fruit and produces. Now this is again the part that scares me. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Meaning even among the good ground, if you are not careful, you cannot produce as much fruit as other people. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. You can make a decision whether the word of God in you will be rich or poor. Come on. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. That's your decision. Hallelujah. We are talking about paying attention. So I've got a question for you. Number one question today is, do you give God attention? Does God have your attention? Is God free to speak the word of God to you? Do you ever give the Bible attention? And I mean attention. Because we know God speaks to us through the scriptures. I'm sure you remember the song, Holy Words, long preserved for our walk. Exodus 3. Came to us through sacrifice. Ancient words, ever true, changing me and changing me. Look at this. We have come with open hearts, so let the ancient words impart. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb. What is Horeb? Have you really been listening to me? What is Horeb? Doesn't that excite you? Uh, some of you are new. How many of you know we've been talking about the mountain of God series? Which we are done. Let's go on. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Stay there. There are certain things that God does 
because he wants your attention. I'll tell you this. Have you noticed how Jesus got Peter's attention? He knew if he went there and just said, I know guys, I'm the son of God, you know. The word became flesh. Here I am in the flesh. Instead, what does he decide to do? He decides, okay, I've noticed they are not catching any fish. Tells them, put the net right there where they had not caught fish. And when they caught the fish, Peter immediately looked and said, stay away from me, I'm a sinner. He could tell he was talking to somebody. He said, stay away from me, Lord, I'm a sinner. There are things God does to get your attention. I'll tell you this. There are some of you who came because you needed a healing. Praise God, it's your divine right. And you walk in health from now on. But that's not the point. Can you imagine there's more for you? Do you know that believers, in the next few weeks you'll hear this a bit more, but do you know believers are not the ones who are supposed to follow signs and wonders? Signs and wonders are supposed to follow them that believe. So you'll find God will permit these things and God loves these things. There are various purposes for signs and wonders. One of them is also just to get your attention. What's the whole essence of a sign? We were driving to Mazabuka last week. And when we were driving, there was a part which said, I don't know, there was a junction of some sort after Kafue. I think one arrow was pointing that you're going to Mazabuka, the other arrow was pointing that you're going somewhere else. Right? Yeah, Chirundu. There was Chirundu and there was Mazabuka. What's the purpose of the sign? To show you where you're going. But guess what? I didn't sit at the sign and remain there and now the sign became Mazabuka. No, it was pointed to Mazabuka. There are people who are so obsessed with the sign that they forget, they forget where the sign is pointing to. So obsessed with the, with the sign that they forget where the sign is pointing to. So there, you find there are some, by the way, let, let me give you an example. I love the the prophetic gifts. I love the word of knowledge. I love that. There are some people, it's not a Sunday service for them until their name has been called out. So you know what they'll do? They'll come here this week, we call out their name. They'll come out the next week and the next week their name hasn't been called out. So they'll find another place to go where the same name will be called out. Then they'll go to another place where the same name will be called out. That's why you've got people who are on a merry-go-round of churches. They just want somebody to tell them their name. You will not receive a word of knowledge from the man of God every week. But you can receive the word of God every week. There are people who are so obsessed with just a sign that they are neglecting the fullness. They are neglecting the fullness. Now, so the angel appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. I don't know what your sign is. There are some you came here today because... You saw a flyer and you are just curious. Little do you know it was God drawing you here. There are some you were passing by and you heard noise one day and you said I should attend there. There are some you heard there's a young man of God and you're just curious. Ah, what does he say? 
Others, you follow the girl. God made her a sign and a wonder to you. That's why the day she was giving out that flyer, I don't know, you, she was probably looking good that day. You, you are thinking, this is my wife. No, it was just the angel of the Lord who appeared in the flame of a fire from the midst of a bush. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, just in case there's some people who, <laughs> who think because they received a phone call, are you coming to church? There are some who are thinking, she even encourages me with the word of God. <laughs> it's not automatic. Hallelujah. It, most likely she's playing the role. She was a sign. Now focus on the real thing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't think the gentlemen are the only culprits. <laughs> You don't know the length <laughs> that ladies can go to to get attention. <laughs> there are some who came here thinking they will sit next to the person. Ah, I found the guy ushering. <laughs> they thought when he said, come with me to church, it was literally, come with me to church. You walk in, ah. they will even make a corner with, with a notice reserved. Just <laughs> noticing the guy is pointing you to somebody else who will come just so well. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then you find that's the day we're announcing that guy's engagement. <laughs> Don't be distracted. Hallelujah. If you have to change where you sit every week because you are distracted, change your sitting. Don't be distracted. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to talk to me. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of a fire, the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Next verse. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. I've got a question. Has Moses ever written a book called Why the Bush Does Not Burn? Why he explains the scientific and the physics that's involved in bushes not burning. Next verse. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. Imagine he had seen it, but this time it was beyond seeing, he was looking. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And God began to speak to him about, let my people, wait for it, go. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> okay. So God tells, what am I talking about? God begins to talk to Moses about the real reason he wanted to talk to him. So the whole essence was not to explain to him the dynamics of bushes burning. The whole essence was to get his attention and tell him what he's supposed to tell him. Does God have your attention? What if that dream was God getting your attention? Not all dreams are bad. You find there's somebody in this place you've been dreaming. 
been dreaming you're blind. What if that's the state of your spirit, man? What if Satan has shielded your eyes that you're not seeing this true gospel? Is there someone who's been dreaming that they're blind? If so, raise your hand. Are you afraid of what I'll say? <laughs> Is there somebody who's been dreaming that they're blind? If so, raise your hand. Let me just see it. Come see me in my office. Come see me in my office. Haven't you noticed sometimes someone will just have a recurring dream? I'm not saying all of them, but you know sometimes God is just trying to get your attention. You just keep dreaming your case to now demons. Why did I have to say that in a Zimbabwean accent? He's trying to get your attention. I'll ask you, is there someone who's been dreaming that they are blind? It's like the sight is sucked away from them. Come see me in my office. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called him from the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Next verse. And he said, do not draw near this place. Take off your sandals. Take the sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Uh-huh. And he said, I am the God of your father. He introduced himself and afterwards began to tell him about Egypt and all those things. So what am I trying to say? Do you give God attention? Does God have your attention? Be able to discern the presence of the Lord. There are times the Lord is just trying to communicate something with you. I remember last night, uh, I think some of you remember, I was with Tamandani, I've forgotten who else. I was really tired and around 23 to midnight somewhere there the Lord started getting my attention do you remember that he started getting my attention what was I singing I don't remember something about at your right hand are pleasures evermore pleasures evermore something like that and I could tell that he was getting my attention. I didn't know what to do. But I focused. Does it shock you that I ended up having a prophetic dream which is blessing you right now? Because everything that I'm preaching is as a result of the dream. What if at that point I got distracted and decided to go watch football highlights? No, you should be able to tell when you have to put everything aside. The people that move with me sometimes, they know I watch football. When I'm about to preach, the day of a sermon, or when I'm even thinking about preparation, are you allowed to talk to me about anything football-wise? If you do, I'll tell you off. Like, don't just, don't distract me. So does God have your attention? Do you have moments of meditation? Moments where you can just focus. Okay, pastor preached the parable of the sower. 
you just sit, you focus, you read it again, you read it again, you check another version, you check another version, you just read it, you just focus. You'll not always hear a banging voice, but you just notice that there are fruits that you're producing because you paid attention. You saw the seed of focus. Praise God for seeds of money. But are you sowing a seed of focus? The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The word used there for wait, it, it, it's like how if you've watched National Geographic or if you've just had a cut, have you ever seen the way a cat focuses when it's about to attack a lizard? Have you ever seen the way wild animals focus when they're about to attack an impala? You, it's just focused. Focused. It knows it's fast, but it knows that it can't waste that run. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. There's a certain level of focus and there's a certain level of expectation that's expected. Hallelujah. And then another question I have for you. When God sends a man of God, do they have your attention? Do you know that God sends men of God? He sends servants. Let me show you something. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh -huh. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was nothing made which was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I'm telling you, there is a certain dimension you're not going to receive coming here if you don't believe that I'm a man sent from God whose name is Fred. You know that if you know who sent someone, even if your little brother is sent to you, but it's an instruction from your father. You don't treat the instruction as little because of who it's come from. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. How much attention do you pay when God is speaking to you through his servants? When you come to church, how much attention do you pay? How much honor are you giving these words? So there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And do you know what John's assignment is? Uh, where did Jesus say it? Was it in Luke 7? Let me see. A pleasures evermore. Yeah. Pleasures evermore. Pleasures evermore. At your right hand. Yeah, Luke 7. Verse... 24 to 27. Look at what Jesus says about. Then I think there was a part that says, play, 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 play. And in your presence is joy unspeakable. Yeah. Joy unspeakable. Okay. 
let's not see his face back on. You know, you have to be a man of God. <laughs> you know what? These people who make memes, someone needs to talk to them. There was one I saw where they show that pink cat. Is it the pink panther? A cartoon of a pink cat, and it's like doing this. And then they're like, when they are reading the profile of a guest speaker. <laughs> it was so true. <laughs> you know, you have to have the look of. For me, someone needs to write me the rules because there's some rules I never read. I did know that when people are visit, will visit you, if you're watching wrestling, you have to switch quickly. You have to put uh, one gospel <laughs> or TVN. So they say, our pastor watches TVN. And she passed that babola. <laughs> Even when I visit people's houses, do you know what they do? It's so adorable, I tell you. The moment I enter, they're watching something else. You just see somehow from nowhere they've changed it to TV in one gospel. Then they'll put the remote near me and say, no, pastor, you can change if you want. <laughs> you know, she deep inside, you want to change. <laughs> because there's a match you are planning to watch. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please, be leaving it on channel 100. Eh? <laughs> Glory to God. So when the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. This is Jesus talking about John. And he says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind. What do you think all... How, how is it that in a short period of time, what are you all coming here for? Why do you keep coming every week? When we host those conferences, why do you think thousands are coming? Let's go on. What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously apparelled and live in luxury and are in king's courts? John wasn't one of those. Next verse. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, more than a prophet. Uh-huh. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. A man of God actually has a responsibility to prepare a way for God to encounter you at a higher level. Can you imagine Jesus' work was made easier because John preached? You find your Bible study is made easier because I have preached. There is a way when you study the Bible, the Holy Spirit will speak because I have preached to you. I'm telling you. Listen, there are times we'll have, let's say, servants of God come here. Some will be more educated than me. Some may not even have a grade 12 certificate. Honor them. Honor them. If God has blessed you with someone educated, praise God for that. But don't speak against what God has blessed someone else with. You don't know how much that person has. I, I should never hear you. I should never hear you. I'll ask whose child is this. I should never hear you. Walking about saying, hey, hey at least me, my pastors and masters. Not these pastors who just What? Were you there when, you were calling, when they were being caught? Do you know how many lives have been changed through them? 
don't you dare hallelujah you know you can appreciate what god has given you without this talking about others eh so please you're free to use your jokes you know there's some statements and whatever you want to use them but in terms of the my pastor part you can you, if you want to celebrate your pastor you can say my pastor is wonderful it's okay but i should never say my pastor is better than uh uh-uh. the better than yours thing not no no not with that not with spiritual things don't don't bring carnal things into things so spiritual i i, I hope you're hearing me don't you dare and that's why be careful how you don't 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 talk carelessly about servants of god if you don't understand them leave them alone focus on the ones god has given you hallelujah not i should be seeing you every day on facebook dear ministers you're not even in the ushering department you're not even among the ushers no i heard a rumor that pastor so and so bishops the bible says do not receive any testimony against an elder without two witnesses without two proper witnesses don't receive a testimony against an elder you were busy on a rumor <laughs> okay do you give attention when god speaks through his servants let me show you a scripture first thessalonians 2 no we'll end with that one second chronicles 20 verse 20 we worship you hold it hold it though hold it second chronicles 20 verse 20 at the count of three read it together in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Hallelujah. No, I can manage on my own. Hey, Christianity is what? God's way of doing things is like this. Somebody would say, that's the Old Testament. Let's look at the New. Matthew 10 verse 41. One, two, three, go. There are some people who can't receive from me because they knew me when I was friend. Now, I'm not, I'm not a title-conscious person. Sometimes the only reason why we advise people to do certain things is because we care about their reward. Sometimes we just care about their reward. Someone would say, no, in America, they call their pastors by their names. Haven't you noticed most American preachers admire the reverence that African preachers are given? 
Can I show you something? Matthew 13, verse 58. KJV. I want to see it from Mark. I think Mark put it a certain way. Mark 6 verse 5. I'm just showing you something about do you give God attention when he speaks to his servants? Mark 6 verse 5. Uh huh. Start from verse 2 maybe. Give me New King James. When the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Don't you think at this point, it looks like there's going to be a powerful revival? Eh? The people are like, Wow, where did he get this teaching? And what wisdom is this? That look at the mighty works performed by his hands. Next verse. Then they, they decided to reduce him to the human level. They said, is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary. The brother of James, Joseph, Judas. You see, Jesus also had a brother called Judas. It's not Judas Iscariot. This is Judas Joseph. The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and not his sisters here with us. So they were offended at him. Wait, can you imagine that? This is Jesus. They were offended. Why were they offended? Because he was teaching very powerful stuff and he was working miracles. I know there are people here, you've been in the position before. That's your pastor. I was his classmate. So what? Hallelujah. You think Jesus never had classmates? <laughs> like, so what? And that's why such people, I don't give attention. I give the attention to those who are hungry for the word of God. No attention whatsoever. Like, no form of it. There was one time, I remember, somebody thought I would feel really bad because there is a group of uh, seniors from my former school, and I think I don't know whether it was after I was ordained or there was a miracle that happened or something. They began to talk about me in their group. Now, I don't even remember their names. Like, I don't even think about them. But I was amazed that they have my photos in their phones. Like, I don't even think about them. Meaning, in their head, they're thinking, no, it's not possible that we are, we are more learned, we are more this, we are more this. But this guy has all the influence. Not even a thought. Don't reduce a servant of God. Some of you, in the next few years, that, that person who you coached in ushering, what if that person is the one God chooses to be the next branch pastor? Don't reduce them. Of no, I know the pulpit there was spiritual, but why? Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. I'm not saying you can't be friends with a man of God. They need friends as well. But learn to distinguish. Then to have the discernment to distinguish. Some people here, 
that very best friend of yours is the person you can be receiving from but you've not learned to discern the presence of God in their life. Because it doesn't just say he who receives a prophet. It goes on to say he who receives a righteous man. Even just by virtue of them being a righteous man, there's a reward they have for you. I know sometimes just turn to them and say, I honor you as a righteous man. Turn to them, tell them, I honor you as a righteous man. How many of you were there during the first service? How many of you noticed that Deacon Michael was teaching practically an introduction of what I'm teaching right now? And yet my sermon came this morning. I was downstairs, I was wondering, what's wrong with him? And then he started quoting some of the exact scriptures I was about to quote. That's why I've not quoted them. Remember there was one time Deaconess Syriacus was sharing on, on partnership. I was blessed because I'd never seen that scripture that way. There was a time where the protocol overnight at home and they remained praying. And I was in my room and one of my friends came to me and said, you need to hear the stuff being taught this side. And so I decided to pass by the kitchen to get some water just for a second. I stayed for 10 minutes. The revelation I heard on prayer was just amazing. Look at the next verse, one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible. Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor except in his own country, among his relatives and his own house. Don't make this a principle in your life. He was complaining. Next verse. I remember I went to Kenya. Eh? The day for testimonies, I was so touched. There are some I've never shared because I was just too touched. I remember there is this woman, she was sharing in their language, but I was able to hear some of the interpretation. And maybe I was, I'm also quite smart, so I was, I was picking up the language. And she was talking and she was saying, can you imagine all these years I've had to, I've, I've had to sleep with pain on my back all these years. There was one who couldn't even sleep in their room because there was a demon that used to trouble them, literally. Okay, you should go try teaching them your science and technology. You'll see if they'll believe you. Somebody who's having a demon traveling them every week, every day, literally. I said, but God thought of me and sent that man of God from Zambia. I was moved. I was moved. I remember one of them brought a chicken. In that area, if someone gives you a chicken, they honor you. Don't know where that chicken is. One of the protocol guys. I don't know how that chicken escaped my mouth. <laughs> it is well. Danny, don't tempt me. It is well. <laughs> and Another one brought me, because it was at a tea plantation, one of the places we're at, and they brought one of, they've got some of the richest tea. And they said, please go have this with your family. 
And I can assure you, whenever I have that tear, I remember them. It finished now, eh? It took a while. But the owner, they, they knew they had received a man of God. Do you know when, when your pastor walks in? I was taught by my pastor saying, teach the people how to honor you. If you don't teach them, no one else will. You know, you should be thinking, wow. Like, I, today before entering, I, I was in my office for a while. Uh, because this word was, it was burning. I needed to know how to deliver it. Then the moment it sunk, those who were in the other room, did you hear me shout? I shouted, ah! I knew I had your word. I knew I had your message. I knew I came here loaded. I was walking with that look of, I knew, I knew. I knew. When I go for a meeting, I attend a lot of uh, meetings where my pastor is preaching. When I, the moment he walks in, everything in me is like, my word has come. My solution has come. This one is my sermon. This sermon is my sermon. Come on. Everything. I can't help but be excited. But, ah, where are pastors? Okay. It says, he who receives a prophet as a prophet. How? If you knew somebody's reported is coming, how would you receive them? They've come loaded with your word. Loaded with your sermon. How would you receive them? I'm settling on this. Let me read to you a scripture that moved me. Do you remember Jesus said, whoever receives you receives me, eh? Or you've not seen that. And whoever rejects you has rejected me. But I want us to see First Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse. We'll read from verse. Let's start from verse 11. We'll start with the New King James. Then NLT. Then Amplified. So Paul is telling the Thessalonian church. You know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children. So you see that being, someone, being someone's pastor has got a fatherly aspect of it. Let's go on. For those who wonder why, some, why pastors are called spiritual fathers and all that. That you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now look at this verse. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. Let's read it from the NLG. Is somebody getting it? Hey, are you getting it? Say, I'm getting it. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. Let's try the Amplified. 
And we especially thank God continually for this. Can you imagine they got the men of God praying? They got the men of God praying. And look at what it says. That when you received the message of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, But as it truly is the word of God, which effectually at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to, trust in, and rely on it. I've got a question for you. If you were to hear that God wants to give a speech for the next two hours, then he walks into the room and he begins to speak. How much attention would you give? I'll tell you something that might shock you. If you can't give attention to me when I'm speaking, you do the same with God. No. You do the same with Jesus. Can I prove it? In hell, what did the rich man ask Jesus? What did the rich man ask Father Abraham? He said, Let me go back and warn. Or send Lazarus to warn. He said, Send Lazarus. Eh? Let's look at it. That's what. Is it Luke 16? Is it Luke 16? Bible scholars. Yeah, Luke 16. Hallelujah. <laughs> I want you to see this. Verse 27. I, I would use this scripture if I was also teaching you on heaven and hell. Because... And also on the spirit man. But we'll see what we can do. Because these are people who on earth had died. And yet he had senses. He could feel that it was burning. That's a story for next year. Because that's one of the topics we're starting with. I've already started planning your next year. So he said. I beg you therefore father. From verse 26. Let's start from verse 25 or 4. He cried out, this is the rich man. Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. This is not even the lake of fire. Go to verse. Just keep going. We're ending here. Uh -huh. besides so Abraham begins to talk to him saying no I can't do this and the like but I want, you, I want you to see something he said I beg you therefore father that you send him to my father's house uh -huh. for I have five brothers that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment next verse Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Uh-huh. And he said, no, Father Abraham, if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. Next verse. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. If you don't hear Frederick, if you don't hear Pastor Joe, 
What makes you think you would listen if Jesus walked in to preach? I mean, he's preached on earth before and they crucified him. Can I tell you what would happen? There are some people who would make a temporary decision based on a temporary experience. I'll give you an example. This is why a lot of people who get saved at funerals, if, if, if the message wasn't right, a lot of them go back in the world. Because they are feeling sad at that moment. Not long ago, I was playing a football match and I had a very bad fall. And I got injured. And it was quite bad. I was in pain. I made a decision in that moment that I'm never playing football again. Of late, the hunger for football. Now, I'm not saying I'm going back. But what I'm trying to say is that it was easy for me to decide to stop because of the pain I was feeling. The moment the pain finishes, everything in you misses. Hallelujah. I don't know why Max looks excited right now. <laughs> People of God, why are you looking at me like this? I'm just using it as an example. So what I'm trying to say is, we really must receive servants of God. We must receive them. So I've got a question for you. When I stand to speak, do you pay attention the way you would if it were God speaking to you? If not, then you probably wouldn't listen to him who you don't see. How I many have been blessed? Thank <laughs> you.